Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. Today's guest is Amy Harmon, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist in the Washington, D.C. area, and she's a certified eating disorder specialist. Now, I invited her on the podcast because one of the biggest casualties of sexual betrayal is the fact that mostly women, but some men as well, really struggle with the impact of body shaming and just body image distortion and all these things that happen when you've been betrayed sexually, when there's been pornography, when there's been an affair, when there's been some kind of a comparison of the relationship or the body, it just zeroes right in on how a woman feels about her body. And of course, there's a lot of men that I've worked with over the years who have viewed pornography or who have been cheated on as well by their wife, and they also become very body conscious. Now, the truth is, is that we really can't almost help becoming self-conscious about our bodies because we live in a culture that's so obsessed with bodies of portraying a certain body image, a shape and a size. And there's just such a obsessive fitness culture, diet culture that is telling us that we don't look right or that certain parts of our body are wrong. There's clothing and cosmetic companies and surgeries and all these other industries that are totally focused on telling us that something is wrong with us or parts of us. And we become very hyper-focused on our bodies. And this is not good for our mental health. This is not good for our relationships. It's not good for our spirituality. It's very destructive. And I invited Amy on to talk about these things so that perhaps some of her words and some of the things that we share and talk about in this interview will be a support to you as you're trying to battle your own body image issues. So whether you've been betrayed or not, I promise you, you're probably familiar with how some of these things feel in terms of feeling self-conscious about your bodies. It's been said that we live in a pornified culture, which is a culture that's obsessed with sex and bodies and displaying them. And again, the side effects of that, the outcome of that is that it leaves us all feeling inadequate. And again, men and women both feel this. And this is not something that's even protected from children. So children, you know, young children start dieting and obsessing about their bodies. And it's just so harmful and unnecessary. So I have a great interview to share with you today. Amy is a fantastic person, a great therapist, and has a lot of important insights about this. And I'll share at the end of the podcast, how you can get in touch with her and follow her work. And uh, I think that you'll really enjoy listening to her. So here's my interview with Amy Harmon, licensed marriage and family therapist. Well, welcome to the Illuminate podcast, Amy. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. So today we're going to talk about negative body image. Some people call it, you know, body shame, poor body image. There's lots of ways we can describe it. But in my experience with working with women who have been betrayed with any type of sexual betrayal, one of the first things that gets amplified is this, you know, this sense of comparison, this sense of my body is unworthy, I, I'm not enough. And, and it really just 
creates so much trauma around just how they feel and, and living inside their own bodies. And so I think this is going to be a really important discussion and really relevant to a lot of the women who are listening and hopefully the men who are listening as well, because it's not only the women that have the poor body image, a lot of men are experiencing that as well. Mm -hmm. So can we just jump in real quick and just maybe start this by talking about how do you define this? How do you see this kind of, you know, conceptually, what exactly is this concept of negative or poor body image? How would you describe it? Yeah. So negative body image is any feelings that you have or thoughts that you have about your body that it's not meeting up to your expectations and mm. that you feel like your body isn't good enough for, you know, one reason or another. And there's really a range of ways to experience negative body image. I would say body shame is definitely in there. Body hate, body dislike, maybe body tolerance might be moving towards more positive body image. In fact, I'd probably say body tolerance is a lot better than what most people experience. But this idea of body hate and body shame is definitely a huge part of negative body image. Right. And so when you're talking about like going, moving from, you know, negative body image, body hate, body shame, moving toward tolerance, you're saying tolerance at some level is at least having some like willingness to sort of make peace with your body, but there's still a tension there. Yes. Yes. And so body tolerance would be, I don't really love my body. I don't really like my body. There are things I don't like about it, but I'm willing to sit with that. I'm willing to mm -hmm. maybe even move towards acceptance of that. Right. Okay. And just to put this out there, like, do you see women and men? I mean, we're talking about both. Mm -hmm. This is primarily for women today, but do you see women making complete peace with their bodies and full acceptance of just where they are, what they look like, how they feel in their bodies? Honestly, I would say that's rare. I think it is really okay. hard for women to make, when you say complete peace with their bodies, I would say that's rare. When I can get someone that I'm working with, a client that I'm working with, when I can get that client to body tolerance, I feel really successful. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really helpful to see you know, to normalize that, because I think some people would hear this and be like, well, I'm never going to accept, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've been rattling this for, you know, so many years and I still don't feel like I like my body. Mm -hmm. So I must still be, and they can throw them probably back into some shame, right? Right. Yeah. And so I think that we just have to have those realistic expectations that being a woman in our society today is hard and it's going to be hard and it's not necessarily getting that much better. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm a woman in our society too. And here I am, you know, a body image therapist specializing in this field. And I still have bad body image days, you know, if you would call it that. There are times when I really have to remind myself that I am more than a body and, and I don't need to let these thoughts that are coming at me, you know, take over. Right. Well, me too, right? Yeah. Like I, even as a man, like I know... I know what Hugh Jackman looks like in yes. you know, Wolverine, right? Yes. Like I've seen the chiseled abs and what men are supposed to look like, at least the official body that's being paraded. There's versions for men and women, of course. And so, you know, when I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, yep, doesn't look like that. You have to, I know for myself, I have to do the same work. I have mm -hmm. to be honest about what that's doing to me. My sons, it comes up with clients, with other men that I work with as well. It's something that 
I think impacts everyone, but you're right. Women, it, society has been the most brutal on women and, and, you know, that's, that's coming from both men and women telling women what they should look like. Mm -hmm. I don't hear as much women telling men what they should look like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, women are getting a double dose of it for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you brought up Hugh Jackman because that's actually one of the examples that I use when I, when I talk about body image to mixed audiences, men and women, Hugh Jackman is one of those examples I bring up to illustrate to men how body image expectations for men have become more extreme and more narrow over time. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at Hugh Jackman's physique as Wolverine in the later X-Men movies, it's even more chiseled. Same with Oh, really? Same with Daniel Craig as James Bond, you know, compared to Sean Connery you know, back in the day, like those expectations are getting more extreme and more narrow and harder to achieve over time. Mm -hmm. And if we don't acknowledge that that's having an impact on men, then Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of suffering that we're going to miss, right? Yeah, I agree for sure. So let's talk about the range then, because, you know, you talk about it like maybe on one end of the, the continuum you've got, like what would the end points be, I guess? Maybe I should ask it that way. What would the end points be in terms of helping somebody kind of arrive at this healthy place, which you say body tolerance is a really great place to bring someone, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there there might be, you know, something on the other side of that, that could be more toward acceptance, a deeper acceptance. But what would the endpoints be, Amy? So the endpoints, I think on the one extreme is body hate. And on the other extreme, I think is body love. I don't know that most people get to body love. I think body peace is close, pretty close to body love. And that's really, I think, the best place people can get to. I don't know if you can achieve body love 100% of the time. And even this body tolerance, I would say, is kind of probably your middle point in between that body hate and body love. So when I talk about positive body image with people, I would say body tolerance is included in positive body image. I would say everything on that upper end of that spectrum from body tolerance to body peace to body love, all of that would be considered positive body image. Because body tolerance, I'm guessing, includes a lot more acceptance. Yes. Right? That's something that my body's not, it doesn't need to look a certain way for other people or for myself even, right? It doesn't, it's not about how it looks, it's about what it can do, right? Some of that stuff. So it just Mm -hmm. gets into more acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really that that idea of body tolerance and body peace is understanding that your body is just one part of you. There are so many other pieces of you that can make you happy and help you live a fulfilling life. And your body is helping you do those things. No matter what Mm -hmm. it looks like, you can still be fulfilled as a person And I think that's what body peace is, is just understanding that this is the body I've got. I don't need to fight it anymore. It's not a battle. And I'm willing to lay down those weapons of war, like dieting and self-criticism and and all of that, and just be at peace with my body and let that drop away so that I can live my best life. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're talking about viewing ourselves as one-dimensional, that we are only a body. Right. And- you had shared with me that, you know, I'd asked you in a previous conversation, I'd asked you, you know, where, where does this come from? Why, why, do, why are we so susceptible to viewing ourselves as only bodies? 
Mm-hmm. And you had said, well, it's pretty much 100% nurture. Like this is not <laughs> something we start out with, right? So right. could you say more about that? <laughs> you know, this brings me to my favorite topic other than body image, which is babies. I just love babies. And if you imagine a baby, they have no body hate, body shame, none of those feelings. They're just, this is what I imagine they're thinking since they can't communicate. I think that they are fascinated by their bodies. You watch them kind of look at their hand and they'll watch their hand open and close. And sometimes they'll try to eat their hand and see where it can go. And they'll grab their toes and and they're just so interested in how the body works. But as they grow up, again, this is that 100% nurture part. They start getting messages from the people around them, from society, that there are things that are wrong with their body. And depending on what kind of childhood you had or what you were exposed to, those messages can become super influential and really lead to this negative body image or body shame. Mm-hmm. And they, they're subtle, right? They start so simple. So like under the radar, little things about, I mean, what would be some of the messages that are common even to small children? You know, it's funny. It starts out kind of in the beginning when all the moms are talking about how big their babies are when they were born and what the weight is. And oh, really? Yeah. And what percentile, what percentile, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the baby is necessarily picking up on these messages, but think, think how many times you've been weighed. Think about how many times your physical body has been weighed (laughs) in your life. Like it's just so important to our culture to have a number on our weight. And that's the truth. Yeah. And so these kids are going to doctor's appointments and the doctor is talking about the growth chart in front of them. And they start thinking, well, what is the right way to be? Or how much do I weigh? And is this important to me? And then, you know, my kids have come home from elementary school with tips about how much you should eat and what you should eat and and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's just so interesting how much those messages really start permeating our society, even if parents feel like they're doing a really awesome bang up job of having great body image or not talking about negative body image in front of their kids, they're going to get it from other places. Right. And it's so pervasive and so familiar in our culture. We don't even question it. Like you said, how many times do we really need to weigh a baby or a Mm -hmm. child or Mm -hmm. ourselves even, right? It's just, we don't even question that. We just know that like we have a number and we should be a certain, you know, we should be at a certain place. Like there's all these like charts and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating. And so those messages are just, like you said, we're just swimming in that culturally already in really even what appears to be somewhat innocent ways, but those messages can affect us in unanticipated ways is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm guessing that in terms of the nurture, what else, you know, when you say it's hundred percent nurture, give me some more examples of where this is also being nurtured as, you know, let's, we can even just take the lifespan as, as children, you know, grow up and, yeah, you know, start to become older. Huh? So children will grow up and, you know, before puberty starts, well, even I would say even before this, when kids grow, they tend to grow out first horizontally, if you will. So like their bellies get pudgy and then they'll have a growth spurt and lean out and then they'll grow horizontally again and then vertically. And that's just typically how they grow. But parents sometimes get alarmed by this. And especially right before puberty, girls will gain like 40 pounds 
during those few years of puberty, during those three to four years of puberty. And a lot of times parents get really alarmed and they think, oh no, she's going to, you know, head down this really horrible path and I've got to intervene and I've got to tell her all the important things, all the important ways about being healthy because it looks like she's not healthy right now. And I think that people are just kind of misinformed about that. It's really just her body doing the thing her body needs to do, but people misinterpret that and they start thinking, oh, well, she looks pudgy. She's gaining weight. Is it because she's eating school lunch too much? Is she having too many snacks? Does she need to Mm -hmm. start running? And so parents will sometimes send those messages. And a lot of times I think parents are well-meaning. I don't think parents are intending to, you know, hurt their children or cause harm. But they will start increasing conversations around body respect or health or, you know, ask the doctor, what do you think about her weight? And then, of course, they're getting messages from their friends, from the media, from social media about what bodies should look like, what the right body type is. And generally, in our Western culture, that body type is going to be someone who's extremely thin. They have long, flowing locks of hair on their head, but they have hair nowhere else on their body. And they're tan, but they're also mostly white. And so girls can have a lot of insecurities about the way that their bodies look. Wow. Yeah, it's just so easy to... I mean, it's just to me, it's just so easy to see where where this is just, you know, just day after day after day, the messaging is just so consistent and just so pervasive. It's just everywhere. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like, I mean, there's really no way for anybody who's, you know, got a smartphone or a TV or who's, you know, even talking to other people to defend themselves against this, right? Like this is, it's, it's basically going to be, the messages are going to get communicated no matter what we do. Right. With our kids, right? There's no way to turn this off. Right. Yeah, it's going to happen. Like you're going to get negative messages Mm -hmm. about your body. And then really the job then turns to how do you increase media literacy? You know, how do you help people understand that these messages can be filtered out or how do you filter them out? And and that, you know, kind of gets complicated as well. Right. And we'll definitely talk about that later on as far as, you know, what to do with all this. But at the core, even just recognizing that it's happening as part of mm-hmm. resisting it is just to even be able to say, hey, this, you know, these messages are coming through and these are the messages. Right. Because, you know, without that, you just believe it all or, or start adopting it all. Yeah. These, you know, as far as the impact then of, you know, pornography on a marriage, for example. So, you know, as we're talking, you know, the audience here for this podcast, there are a lot of women specifically who have been impacted by sexual betrayal, pornography. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's safe to say that, you know, probably virtually every, if not most, women have somehow had this messaging or dependent on how they've internalized it or what they've, you know, kind of work they've done prior to this, the betrayal. But they're coming into this betrayal probably already with some negative body image or some form of that going on. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so then when the betrayal happens, when their body is now being compared perhaps with, you know, pornography or with someone that her, you know, her husband has had a relationship with, or so on, then that just really amplifies and accelerates any sort of, I mean, it just pushes them backward so far. And so for a woman that's dealing with that type of body image, I don't know, is it too strong to call it like a trauma in terms of how they see themselves? I mean, can it be that violent in terms of how they see their bodies, in terms of hating their bodies? 
Yeah. I mean, everyone's response, you know, is going to be different. And sometimes that experience of being betrayed really does feel like a trauma. And the result Mm -hmm. of that can be directed towards your own body. Right. You know, the trauma, I agree with you. I think that's a good way to put it, that the reaction to that trauma of being betrayed or being lied to, whatever. I mean, everybody kind of understands like, yeah, like you're going to have a strong reaction when you're being manipulated or deceived or, Mm -hmm. you know, promises are broken. But then there's this internal sort of like feeling betrayed by their own body or feeling like they're not enough. What do you see with that as far as with some of the women you've spoken to or worked with in terms of what that experience is like for them in terms of just feeling like their own body has now, like, you know, that their body's like betrayed them? Yeah, that's a really great question. So one of the things that causes problems for women's body image in our society is the concept of sexual objectification. And Mm -hmm. this is when women's bodies are seen merely as an object to fulfill someone else's sexual desire. So basically, their body is has no value other than being a sex object. And so when women find themselves in a relationship where they have been sexually betrayed, they start seeing their body sometimes more through this lens of sexual objectification and they're feeling like they have to compare and their body isn't good enough and if they are not sexually attractive, then they're not good at all. And that's a really difficult thing to overcome. It's a difficult thing to overcome for the women who then start seeing themselves through this lens of sexual objectification. And it's also hard for the men who maybe have that lens through their sexual behaviors and their sexual addictions that they start seeing women and sometimes themselves as sexual objects. And so that's a huge issue that needs to be addressed in these kinds of relationships. So it even goes even more specific than just than just maybe what we would talk about as far as negative body image, like, oh, I don't look like so-and-so or I don't have the ideal body. It even gets more narrowed as what you're saying into my body only serves this purpose to be a sexual object, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that, that is, you know, something that you're saying even men buy into about women's bodies or even maybe their own, but certainly women's bodies. Mm -hmm. And so for a woman that's betrayed where she feels like, she feels like she hates her body so much. In some ways you're saying like, maybe this is a good time for her to challenge maybe even the bigger view of herself as just only a sexual object to combat that. Right. Exactly. And really what what it comes down to when you're treating anyone with body image is is that your feelings about your body, your negative body image is really not about your body in the long run. And so these women who are having these negative views or seeing their body through the lens of sexual objectification or experiencing body shame, the treatment for that is helping them understand that this your body image is not about your body. And the feelings that you're having and maybe the trauma that you are um, experiencing maybe is being played out onto your body image. But there are, there are so many other things about you as a person that you can focus on and that you can nurture that will help you overcome this negative body image. Yeah, because there's such a, there's such a pressure 
I've seen it for years with the women that I've talked to. It's so it's just tragic where there's such a pressure to feel like they have to now heighten their own sexual objectification mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. surgery, through weight loss, through exercise. And it's not just to feel more confident. It's really almost to meet this fictional standard or even just be enough in their eyes for another person. Mm-hmm. And and that's just such a black hole. It's such a dead end. There's just no way out of that because it's the wrong target, right? It's not even the real issue. Exactly. It's not the real issue. And so no matter what they do, they're never going to feel good enough. They're never going to feel like they can satisfy their partner or that they are going to be worthy of love. They have to find it in other places than changing their body. Mm-hmm. So shifting that frame, shifting that frame is, is until that changes, there can't be peace, there can't be healing with their bodies. Yes. It's just not going to happen, right? Yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk about then in terms of just awareness of body, of this body, you know, negative body image and body shame. I had asked you a question earlier that I thought you had a really helpful reframe on. I think I had talked about like, you know, how does how does being aware of this body shame help combat it? And, you know, you basically said to me like, you know, most people are pretty aware that they don't like their own body. Like that. <laughs> oh, awareness, awareness isn't a problem for people, right? Like that, like that's going on all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time they look in a mirror, every time they get on the scale, every time they watch a show or look on the internet, Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever, like awareness isn't the issue. So can you say more about that? Like what, what maybe the, the more helpful frame on this is in terms of how to start combating this? Yeah. So people are definitely aware that they have body image issues. And what they're not aware of is those underlying emotions and feelings that are contributing to those body image issues. So if you think mm-hmm. about it, there are really what people might say beautiful people or attractive people and they hate their bodies. You know, there are some really great looking people who hate their bodies and they think that they're disgusting. And -hmm. then there are some people out there who, you know, are more homely or just more average and they're fine with their bodies. And so the conclusion that we have to draw is that body image isn't just about the body. It is about those things that are going under underneath. And so the awareness piece is about what is going on with me or in my life right now that is making my body image worse. And I can actually give you an example of that from my own life. Like I said, even even though I'm a body image therapist, like I still have issues, you know, sometimes that that creep up for me. And so it's just a constant thing that you have to have awareness about. So a a few years ago, almost two years ago, we were moving across the country and I I have a friend out here that I was talking to about this and this friend as I as I was planning my move and she was saying, "Oh, when you move out here, when you get here, there are these great people, you know, that I'm going to introduce you to. There are these fun things you can do." And I noticed as I was thinking about this that I had the thought, "Well, I really should lose weight. Maybe I should go on a diet." And I had to just stop myself. I was just so surprised that I would even have, you know, that thought because my whole life I'm telling people don't go on a diet, you know, body image isn't about your body, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized that it wasn't about my body. It truly was more about my 
nervousness and maybe my lack of confidence that I would be able to make friends in this brand new place that I was moving to. You know, are these people going to like me? What are they going to think of me? And it was just more my own insecurities that were coming out as body image. And so that's kind of what I talk about when I say to people, your body image isn't about your body. It's about these underlying issues. And when you can create that awareness about those underlying issues, then you can begin to work on the problem of body image. Right. No, I love that. It, it basically, body image can sort of become, or sorry, you know, the preoccupation with the body can, in a lot of ways, become the way we mismanage our emotions. Exactly. It's a negative coping skill. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of, a lot of women that we work with, a lot of the times they, they really have a hard time understanding how in the world, you know, could my husband turn to, for example, pornography, you know, as a way to cope with negative emotions or whatever. And it's like, there's probably something really powerful about, I'm guessing at some level, it must create some sort of a, I wouldn't say a high or maybe some sort of a, a calming or, I mean, is there something about focusing on bodies that in some ways like soothes us or comforts us to some degree, whether we're looking mm. at them, whether we're fantasizing about them, whether we're comparing them for ourselves, you know, whether you're male or female or, you know what I'm saying? Is there something about that that somehow gives us a, a strong mood alteration? You know, that's a good question. It's not exactly the same as, you know, of course, a drug addiction. It's probably not even as exactly the same as a pornography addiction because there can be the, those chemical changes there. But I will say that there is something motivating about getting compliments from other people about your weight loss or about your new hair or about, you know, whatever else it is that you have focused on and changed about your body. And people are more than willing to give appearance-based compliments. <laughs> and so I think that sometimes people really do feel that sense of, oh, I... I have accomplished something. And then, you know, even the idea of, well, later down the road, I will look better. If I just do this thing, I will look better. And that, that kind of motivates them and kind of gets them on a, an, an emotional high, I would say. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, and I, you know, just a question I thought of here on the spot you know, as I was thinking through this with you, I'm like, huh. You know, I recognize, I understand like the draw of like, you know, addiction and dopamine and all that other stuff and how mm -hmm. intense that is, you know, and you get into the shame and the forbidden and all the other stuff that goes into what creates that kind of a high. But, but you're right. I mean, I think that this is, this is uh, more of an indirect type of mm -hmm. high, right? Like it's not like just focusing on the body creates any sort of a rush, mm -hmm. but the indirect benefits of anticipating looking better that everybody will compliment you or having direct compliments or mm -hmm. the selfie, the before and after, things like that. Like yeah. there's just kind of this energy that goes with it that can create a lot of a lot of confidence and security and and things like that. But it's short lived, obviously, because mm -hmm. bodies change and it's not the real target. Exactly. So, well and you think of, you know, biggest mm -hmm. loser <laughs> and how yeah, how right. many people watch that and think it's like the greatest thing ever because it's generating, like you said, those indirect highs because people are feeling like they're getting approval from their peers and all these compliments. Right, right. And I'll just say for my listeners that are listening to this, if you're having like a strong emotional reaction to, you know, this this part of the, the conversation between me and Amy around maybe even drawing in a comparison with pornography and betrayal and things like that, I don't pr pretend for one second that a wife 
you know, betrayed wife focusing on her body or the insecurities or trying to do that kind of stuff is in any way even close to comparing with the level of betrayal and destruction that a pornography addiction can create on a, on a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. I think this was more for me, more of an exploration of, is there some sort of a, in terms of emotional mismanagement, is there something that draws people in, you know, when they're vulnerable to creating some sort of a, a higher, some sort of an emotional soothing or calmness around this. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's really where that's coming from. Cause I think it could be easily misunderstood in some ways. I think women oftentimes feel like their own husbands are trying to basically say, well, you, you know, you're addicted to something too, or whatever. So I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to clarify that because I definitely want to be sensitive to that and not be misunderstood. So yeah, I would agree with um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want anything you want to say more about that? I don't want to cut you off there. Oh, no. I, I just wanted to say that I, I agree with where you're coming from, that even though, you know, this mismanagement of emotions, you know, as as we're talking about, it might be happening both for a husband and a wife, there, there can be, you know, more responsibility and more, you know, I guess more issues of betrayal, you know, on on another spouse's part it doesn't mean that they're just because both people in the relationship are mismanaging their emotions doesn't mean that one person isn't to blame for doing hurtful behaviors and actions. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah. And I, and I don't know any, you know, I, I think like, you know, played out over, over long term, you know, couples that are in recovery together down the road, you know, I think it's important for everybody to take a close look at how they're managing their emotions and things like that. So I think there's yeah. definitely a longer term conversation about this in terms of both people just working hard to not be paying attention to the wrong stuff and really looking at what the real emotions and issues are that are affecting them. And I think that's just good, healthy stuff all of us should be focused on. So, yeah. So, so just kind of wrapping up here, I'm just curious, like, what do you think we can learn about ourselves from, you know, challenging this whole negative body image stuff that we're talking about? What can we learn from ourselves? Mm, I love that question. You know, when you start looking deeper and stop trying to change your body and start looking at what's going on underneath the surface, I think that what we find is maybe we're not happy with some of the relationships in our life. Maybe we find that we need to set boundaries in other places. Maybe we find that the trauma from our past that we thought we have dealt with and was behind us, maybe that's still bothering us. Maybe there's some more work to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a range of things that could be going on that are coming out as body image. And, and I think that's why I think it's so important to explore this in a therapy setting because you can go out and you can, you know, get courses or, you know, whatever education and media literacy training you want on body image. But if you're not really looking at those deep, deeper issues, those core issues, then I don't think you're really going to solve the problem. Yeah. I love that. It's almost like, you know, there's really no need to, to sort of feel these things and then automatically feel ashamed for feeling them and then just, you know, wish it away or hope it goes away. It really becomes a doorway into understanding yourself at such a deeper level and Mm -hmm. really probably solving some actual problems that are coming up for you that maybe are coming out through your body image, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it's a real, it's a real opportunity to, in some ways, it's like just a signal that there needs to be something that, or something needs to be paid attention to. And so Mm -hmm. um, if we slow down and and look at that, you know, you're saying that 
this can open up all kinds of great healing and all kinds of improvements in relationships and mm. self self worth, all kind all kinds of issues like that. So it's it's definitely not what it appears on the surface. Yeah, for sure. And I even have clients who we kind of talk about, you know, these body image issues as their superpower. Like, well, you you know, when you're having body image issues, that there's something you need to address in your life, and that's your you know, it's amazing that you have this signal that you can interpret and then kind of explore deeper than that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's right, awesome. That's part of making peace with your body that it's trying to help you, not sabotage you. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's a lightning rod for issues. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amy, this is great. And and so I think it's important just for the listeners to know, I'm going to have Amy back on the next episode and we're going to talk about specific solutions, very practical solutions for how to improve your relationship with your body image and your own body. And so we're not going to leave you hanging. We're not just going to talk about it and then just say, well, great discussion. We'll see you later. Like (laughs) Amy's got some great ideas and a lot of experience in helping people with this. So we'll come back and spend a whole episode just on those solutions. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, Amy, thank you so much for this great discussion. And I look forward to having you back. Thank you for having me, Jeff. This was great. If you want to connect with Amy and learn more about the great work that she's doing, you can find her on her Instagram account, which is Amy Harmon LMFT. And that's Harmon with an A. So A-M-Y-H-A-R-M-A-N-L-M-F-T. And I'll also put a link in the show notes so you can link to her there as well as her website, which is reflectwholenesstherapy.com. So you can check her out there. I know she's working on producing some great materials and other stuff. So definitely want to follow her and see the great work that she's doing. And in our next episode, I'm going to have Amy back, as I mentioned before. And we're going to talk specifically about tools and things that you can use immediately to help you deal with body image issues and combat all the negative stuff that's coming at you. So tune into that and please share this episode with anyone that you think has body image issues, which is, by the way, all of us to a certain degree. So hopefully you'll share this and, you know, allow other people to access this great information that hopefully will be a blessing to them in their lives. And I do believe that this is great information, especially for our young people and letting them know that there's nothing wrong with them and that all the negative and fraudulent messages about bodies are doing them more harm than good. So hopefully we can all rise up together and help support each other and be more body positive and focusing less on what our bodies look like and more about what they can do. So thanks again, Amy, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.